Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso lose the tag titles. Yeet, they did. I don't think you know what yeet I, I really don't. Because it's not that. But they, say, they say it a lot on they the show. They say it an awful lot. They, they say it a lot on the show. Yeah. They said it like five times on this broadcast in one segment. Yeet. Welcome to the Wrestle Podcast Review of Monday Night Raw. I'm Luke Owen, D-A-D. I'm joined by your Jam That Champion, the truth, the professor, Dan Layton. Please do press the subscribe button if this is your first time here and you like this sort of crap on the internet. Give us a little thumbs up as well if you're watching on demand. Leave a comment down below. And if you're joining our live chat, get in your thoughts about this show. But if you want one of your statements read out on the air or any questions that you might have about this broadcast, please get your alpha chats in to wrestle.com forward slash support i feel like we're almost in a period of time where we need to rename the alpha chats no never they're just not on tv Uh, excuse me we had an incredible alpha segment on this show alone we are building to that christmas title speaking of title changes this one will this this staying here this one is the one that's never going to change we'll we'll have a little bit on that maybe a little bit later on um but yeah if you're watching like getting your alpha chats wrestle.com forward slash support we'll read out every single one of them above the five us dollar amount before the end of the show so daniel later yes hi i'm that's me um this show ended it was the season premiere yep. of raw and what you know judgment day in the main event sammy saying cutting a promo with judgment day here is a new season same <laughs> as the old season however like th- this was a main event that i was quite excited for because the match they had at fast lane was great mm. really really liked it i'm quite enjoying cody and jay as a tag team mm-hmm. i'm loving the story with jay and sammy mm-hmm. like i thought the the opening segment that sammy had yeah minus the judgment day just like coming out because i was like crikey groundhog day but their interaction i thought was great and sammy's mm-hmm. backstage segment yeah with jay i thought was really really great mm-hmm. so i'm really into all of that so i was excited for this match and then i saw like how much time was left of the show and i was like man we're gonna get a really good amount of time on yeah. this then with the ad breaks and the video packages yeah. and the entrances, there was like 10 minutes actually before this match. Yeah. So they just went, 
into the final third. Mm. Like, off the bat, like, no build, just, like, straight to the final third of this match. Not to bury the lead, because I thought this episode of Raw was really, really fun. Wasn't it? Um, I, thought it was, I thought it was really good. There was a lot of uh, production uh, bobbins that I was not a fan of mm. uh, throughout it. But I actually thought the main event itself was was uh, proper dece, because... Um, oh, damn. What? Proper dece. Proper dece. That's what the kids are saying. Is it? I'm sure. No. Yeah, if you go out, if you if you go out, you'll oh, hear yeah. them say things. Go out. I'm out all the time. I'm always out. Um, yeah, I thought it was decent. 14 minutes apparently. What? This match went 14. Well, minutes. yeah, because I I did the same thing of looking at the time left of the show, and and it, and there was a lot of production nonsense where it's like rearrange it and find more time for everything else. Where there was an awful lot of it throughout the show, which does get on my nerves. But I don't want that to be peppering what I actually thought was generally a a really nice piece of, of television, especially in the main event, which did did go for a little while. There were almost two halves, because at the beginning you had uh, what was, what I felt like you had a well-oiled machine of the Judgment Day, double teams, quick tags, isolating Jey Uso, versus two really strong singles competitors who have nice chemistry, but are ultimately singles competitors drawn together. It, it was it was kind of a nice balance between the two. Um, and then, yeah, they come back from the break, and there's actually a moment where... Um, there's a moment where the ref talks to both Cody and Damien. I was like, oh, I wonder what he said. And I think what he said was, right, you've got seven minutes left. Crack yeah, on. Crack on now. Yeah. Because as I said, this match felt like it was just like straight into the final third. Of yeah. This, where they built the, the Cody hot tag really quickly. Cody actually had the match won. Yeah. He hit the crossroads on Damien Priest. Yeah. Until Dominic put Damien Priest's foot on the ropes mm-hmm. right in front of the referee's vision. And the referee very much saw him yeah. do it. So that's the second time that happened on this show. Yeah. The other one was far more egregious. Um, but then, like, Sami Zayn ran down to stop Dominic's mm. interference. Damian Priest almost, like, fired up, and he put Cody Rhodes through the table with mm. the, the razor's edge. Uh, Jay made, like, a one-man comeback. He took out, like... It, it, because they did the 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 uh, the co one d yeah and uh, the most protected finisher in the company for nine days for nine days because the battle just kicked out of it clean just kicked uh, out just clean just kicked out of it and then but they were like they're running wild and stuff and I I, I thought man I think the judgment day might actually win yeah but then Jay you saw this one man like killing spree and I was like mm. oh maybe the, they're just gonna win like mm. they, I wouldn't be against that either and from out of nowhere Jimmy Uso jumped up on the apron and super kicked Jay. And that allowed Balor to hit the coup de gras and Judgment Day are the tag team champions once again. Mm. So I really liked this. I thought the match was really, really like it obviously was not as good as the fast lane pay per view yeah. match, but as like a main event of Raw, the, the action was was you know kept me guessing. Mm-hmm. So it was that, I thought it was really good from that aspect of it, and I loved the finish with Jimmy uh, interfering, costing uh, Jay and, and Cody the the tag titles. But what I love about this is almost the final shot of the the episode which is jay like jay's laid out cody is you know despondent because he's just lost the tag belts with sammy comforting him and there's almost moment of realization on cody Rhodes's face that it's traumatic irony the one person who would have stopped judgment day's interference and the man who was like evening up the odds for them has been drafted to the other show mm. because of Cody. Yeah, I mean, the downside to that one is that Jimmy's on the other show as well, so technically he shouldn't be there either. So, brand split, lol. Uh, but I love the drama of that. There is holes I in it. Thought of that, but yeah, you're right. There's holes in the logic. I mean, that's great. It's great drama. It's just mm. that because they don't have the consistency themselves to to follow yeah. that through, um, it's a bit of a shame. Because I I completely agree with you on on the match itself. I absolutely loved it. Um, 
things just things as simple as um the, the pop for Sami Zayn coming out to even the score uh, from a, a crowd that had been relatively quiet the whole show. Yeah, sort yourselves out, Oklahoma. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. Uh, That's but, where the cold wind blows, isn't it? Uh, the wind comes sweeping through the plane. Yeah. Mm. That's... I should know more about the musical Oklahoma than I do. I really should. I know that one line because it's in Friends. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, oh, what a beautiful morning. Um... But yeah, like the pop for Sami Zayn coming down, the, the announce table doesn't collapse as much anymore. So when it does collapse, I always enjoy it a little bit more. Mm. Is that that idea of like what you don't see every single time? You know how a suicide dive is just nothing. Mm. But when MJF does a suicide dive, it's everything because yeah. he never does it. It's that. It's the same thing with the announce table. It felt really good. The finish uh, was was super hot. You know, it was. It, I was the same as you. It was a complete surprise because um, I wasn't sure. I was like, I think they might have this. They might not. I was exactly the same. Um, Jimmy coming out of nowhere. I was like, oh, that's that's frustrating. And I did like the fact that just when the 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 last thing we saw before this episode of Raw was Kevin Owens giving Jay a hug, right? So actually, everything had started to go. Everything's coming up Jay Uso. Finally. Well, not that, but like we were saying last week, this feels like this is your war game yeah. team right here because Raw has got like this united front mm. that can stop the Judgment Day. And, and then, then five days later... With one fell swoop. One fell swoop, they lose one of those people. Lose so, one of those people and the house starts crumbling. Exactly. You take away one of those cards yeah. and all of a sudden everything starts to topple over. And which, I is, that, which is great. And now that Roman's back as well and Roman's calling the shots, like, you know, very they've, they've kind of already teased that idea of a bloodline judgment day not so much alliance but there's certainly a mutual agreement mm. with between the two parties and the romans then sending jimmy across to raw to cost his brother jay the tag titles mm. i think there's some really good stuff in there i did see someone earlier say that they would have liked um to have seen jay and cody versus jimmy and solo before, that was something that i was called before they lost yeah. the tag titles which i do i do agree with and i do see that argument but I also think it was, it was the right time to do this title switch as well. But I, I don't feel like Cody and Jay were elevating those tag titles uh, at all. And I was, I was um, quite enjoying the Judgment Day. When then I, th I think the Judgment Day are stronger when they've got all the gold. I agree with that. I do. I mean, I liked this this little run. I don't. I don't think they were elevating it. I do think it felt odd to see Cody Rhodes with these tag belts. And in fact, one of the things I wrote down right at the beginning was these belts need replacing because they're a complete mess. You've got buttons falling off, the leather's going, and the design is over ten years old because I remember Cody holding the bronze versions of it, like you know, back in his original run before Stardust in the BS days. Yeah, that didn't mean that, but that's actually quite good. I might I might write that down. Um, However, I've really liked their chemistry together and I've really liked what they have done. I like that they've been wrestling week in, week out with them on both shows. Um, so it is a week in, week out. They they won them two weeks ago. Yes, they did. that's <laughs> like, the thing, yeah. They, they, you know, they have had a, what, a, a, maybe a fourth? How long do they have the belts for? Nine days. Nine, yeah, nine days. Nine days. So but I, I, but, hard to say they've been defending the week in, no, week sure, out. but they defended them that first week. They defended them last night, and then they defended them here, which is more than we can say for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. That is true. Honestly. Like, yeah, and, yeah. and they did defend a fair amount, but when you consider how long they had it and what they were actually doing with those belts in that time, um, it's, it's a bit of a shame. But I... Um, I, I do I do agree with you that it's better around the waste of judgment day. I yeah. think I think it's more effective for the for the story they're telling. And I do think the development of Jey Uso's house starting to crumble now that I guess the chickens have come home to roost, especially when you and we'll go through it on the show, when the the, the story that he had with Sammy right at the very beginning, and when that where that intersects with Sammy's story. Exactly. Um it like it's better sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you at all there, but I, I don't know if you would finish your point. But I feel like the Judgment Day with the tank belts is just a much stronger mm. thing. Like it's it's better for them as characters. 
it's now better that Cody doesn't have the tag titles because of the decision that he made to bring Jay across has cost cost Raw Kevin Owens. It's so much better for Sammy's character as well, although I quite I still quite like the idea of him almost jealous that Jay has got the, the the tag belts and stuff. But it's better for Jay's character because Jay's got this beef with Jimmy. Like this one title switch services so many different stories across mm. both Raw and SmackDown. So it's like I think it's just I, I saw some people saying, "Oh, it's hot potato in the title," which I, I don't I don't feel like it is. This, well, it's one of it, those things where it is. It is, but, but also it, it, hot potato in the title often means that you're doing things without plan or purpose. Yeah, you're just doing title tra- title changes for the sake of doing title changes. This is not doing a title change for the sake of a title change. This is doing a title change for a reason because it services so many different stories. Like Charlotte and Sasha Banks, hot potato to the title. Yeah. Uh, Wardlow, Sammy Guevara, and Scorpio Sky hot potatoed the title, and even like with the powerhouse Hobbs in there, like the TNT title was hot potatoed around because those title changes were just done for the sake of title changes. This I don't think is done just for the sake of it. This mm. is done because if anything, it actually just raises up the stories and adds new layers to them and moves us into new chapters of those stories. Well, it's the question of what's a title belt for, really, and and in this fictional sport where it's not actually competitive and it's all predetermined a title belt is there um to further a story it's is there as a prop to make stakes feel important is there to to elevate a wrestler and make them feel you know like a force to be reckoned with as as you've seen with gunther uh, i made a point in the most recent list on pfk about stephanie mcmahon's run with the with the women's title in 2000 instantly elevated that belt because it was in the main event the whole time you know whether or not you think stephanie mcmahon was uh a wrestler full stop i don't even need to qualify that with good or bad it's it's kind of irrelevant because ultimately what happened was in the main event of raw her and lita had a match and then lita wins the belt and you final shot of that show is lita on the shoulders of the hardys raising the belt high and as a kid who was a massive fan of lita that for me felt incredible it it's it's what does the belt do in this moment in this storyline these belts are elevating the Judgment Day story. It was they were they were a prop to continue the story of Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes' move to have Jey Uso over here be a good thing. He's shown he's got faith. There's the redemption of Jey Uso kind of thing, and here it is made manifest. And now the wheels are coming off, and the the titles being lost back to the Judgment Day is a part of that story. So I think it's refe- I think it's really effective. Massively agree with them on the Stephanie McMahon thing as well. Yeah, because like, you know, oh, what a, a disgrace to that belt. It's like no, the belt meant nothing oh, no. before Stephanie won it. No. Like you know, the cat wins it at Armageddon '99 and then gets her tits out. Like that's the most. And she like, wins it at Har- Harvina. Yeah, exactly. or whatever. Yeah, and and it's you know, it's in a gravy bowl yeah. match uh, at, at Armageddon, or you know, this sort of nonsense pudding matches and yeah. whatnot. And then it's like who's before it? Sable, who just like never cared. And Sable about- lost it to Deborah because she took her clothes off. Exactly. That's that's what i mean so like i was like oh stephanie mcmahon like disgrace that belt. i was like no like stephanie if anything actually made that belt feel important again because it was about holding it hostage and having someone who like was deserving of winning it winning it which ended up being later and she acted and I, like, like it was an accolade and, and it, that's the thing yeah. even though it wasn't for her because she's not a wrestler and that's what ultimately think about gunther taking a title that we all we all love but they weren't treating with love and over the course of the past 450 plus days turning it into what a prize you know when we see an example of that on this show absolutely um so yeah title belt switch title belt switch yeah. i think it's a good move crikey i wish they'd change the belts though a big time oh big time because those belts are hideous even just blue and red makes purple can we just have one set of belts yeah one set of that's belt- all they are i yeah. i had a, i my my um pitch for it at the, after wrestlemania was that eventually i mean when we're getting there bit by bit Luke, we have authority figures back. We I'm do. So happy. I know, right? Um, but the idea of having a GM be like, 
no, I want those belts too. I want, I want the SmackDown belts on my show. I want these titles defended here. So like you, you have both belts, but you have to defend both sets of belts kind of thing. I would have split them up. If we're not going to bother splitting them up, give us one set of belts. Yeah. Because them carrying around them. these two belts that are falling apart that look crap rubbish cumbersome the, the penny design has mm. never been good even when they were uh like black straps with the, Gold, the, the gr- bronze yeah ugh, they were awful rubbish but anyway yeah i thought this was very good and i, I really enjoyed uh the the end of this broadcast and i think it can only build to some very interesting things down the line This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. But let's find out what you thought of this in the alpha chats. Head on over to resto.com forward slash support to get your thoughts read out on the air. Your questions. Are you all right there? Yeah, I'm having a nightmare with the iPad. There we are. Yeah, you open you open up Twitch. You open up. Think, well, it's because I keep going to do it, but I think because yours is open, it's recognizing that there's something open. So it was it was freaking out. But we're fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Blake Whitehouse is going to kick things off here to say, I feel like I'm in the minority, but I'm getting a bit burnt out on Judgment Day. It'd be fine if they were just on Raw, but they're on every WWE show. I have no idea what they'll do after Survivor Series in five weeks or what even their mania plans are. I actually agree with that in some aspect of it because they are on 
and there, there was a that actually gives them a reason to be back on SmackDown again. They were just on SmackDown even when they weren't the tag champions. Don was so there like, the other day. Ex- exactly. They were on it two weeks ago when they did the, the Bloodline and, mm. and Judgment Day stuff, right? So, like, I get it. I'm also a little bit... Like, when they came out to interrupt Sami Zayn at the start of the show, I did go, oh, right, okay, yeah, here we go. It's Groundhog Day mm. again yeah. uh, as we, you know, kind of do this. But it's then, the Triple H meme. Yeah, but then there are times when I'm like, no, but they are a good group. They are a good act. I feel like they have been slightly overexposed somewhat. Mm. Because they've been so good, that has meant that they have become somewhat overexposed. And I'm slight, like... You know, we, I use the, the the Randall Graves quote from from Clerks every now and again on this. You either need to s or get off the pot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, are are they splitting up or are they staying together? Are there problems in the group or are they fine? Is JD McDonough joining the group or is he not? Like, yeah, well, wasn't there this week? T- two weeks in a row now. Like, yeah. I feel like there are some things we just need to make a decision on, as opposed to just doing both of them at the same time or all three at the same time. This is why. I mean, I read an interesting uh, comment from Eric Bischoff. Uh, before coming down about Vince McMahon's creative. I don't believe that at all because that man's got nothing interesting to say. <laughs> I read a quote from Eric Bishop that's that better. made me think things that were interesting because I have interesting things to say. Yeah, that's very true. In. I believe that. Um, that I do believe. <laughs> what he said was he was talking about how when he joined to take charge of... You remember when they did that thing of he was taking charge of SmackDown and <laughs> Heyman yeah, was taking did. charge of Raw? Yeah, and Bishop went to like, creative meetings having no idea who was on his roster. Well, this is what they're talking about. He had no idea really who was on his roster. He also didn't know who his creative team were because the creative team was being split, but also who was going where and they didn't know. It just felt like this rash decision put out to do PR to get people involved and get people watching that week. And hell, it worked on me. But um, what he was basically saying was this idea that... Um, Triple H is being confirmed in the role of creative versus Vince being sort of phased out as a directive from Mario Emanuel, which is what the reports have been. Um, where that's a good thing is at the very least people know who their boss is. And it's something that I was talking about last week of Triple H and Vince having this push and pull thing of the past year. And now if this is the case, if, the, if it is more clear, this is the structure, here is the creative. In that case, as you say, time to focus in. What are we doing here? All of these various different strands where you've been dealing with it and then taking things away and then things come back. Blah, blah, blah. Decide. Make a make a commitment and, and plow through with it. And at the very least with the Judgment Day, I think there is something uh, in their ever-presentness on the show and at least they are all generally there. The core four members of the Judgment Day are always there in a way that uh, Reigns sort mm. of wasn't and that can lead the Bloodline to sort of spin their wheels a bit. I have also felt the burnout on Judgment Day a little bit. The problem is... I do find them compelling still. So really, I don't want them to go away. I don't want them to not be in this main event picture. No, I, I agree with that. There are like they had a backstage segment mm. uh, on this show where they were just sort of chatting, and my note on that was like this segment achieved nothing. Yes, I had a few of those this week. There are there are some segments like that that I could probably do without, but because they are such a focus of the show, mm. and because they are like sort of ratings draws as well, for like well, we need to put them in at this point because you know it's a way to balance out the ratings and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, Sean had a really interesting point just on the, the Vince thing. And it's something that I can believe and buy into as well. Ari Emanuel's point is, you know, putting people into the slots that like so they can do their job. Yeah. Triple H's job is creative. So just let him do the creative. Vince's job is to do the TV rights negotiations, even though it's probably going to be Nick Khan doing it. But that's what, like, okay, you're not going to do anything creative because you need to focus on the TV mm. rights thing. What happens when the TV rights deals are done? Like, when does Vince decide, no, I'm going to go back and do this bit again because this is where I'm 
this is what my job is. Well, the question then becomes for Ari Emanuel. Exactly. Have some balls. Well, yeah. And like he clearly, you know, I've played him like a fiddle in this whole deal, like an absolute superstar, some might say, because, you know, he blamed him for the stock drop and yeah. all this sort of stuff. So it'll be curious to see what happens after TV rights negotiation mm. season. I'm still on Sean's report with uh, WWE talent. I'll believe it when I see it, yeah. that it's just Triple H because we thought this was going to happen oh. last year and it ended up not. So Bury that. We'll see you on that. Also, it's interesting that um, Eric Bischoff there confirming uh, a Brian Alvarez report about him when he was in creative, but um, he also tells us not to believe what the dirt sheets write. So um, what a curious case. Matt Hennessy here says, a great roar that set up a lot of, it's almost as if. <laughs> you were in the middle of Matt Hennessy. <laughs> it's almost as if the charlatans just want you to believe the things that they say and not the, the bad things that people write about them. It's almost as if that's good. It's I believe almost it was, as uh, if Brian Alvarez's book about Eric Bischoff was right all along. I believe it was uh, Usher, wasn't it? That said there's uh, two sides, there's three sides to every story. There's one side, the other, and then there's the truth. Yeah. As I don't know if he said it first, but he definitely said it. It's the same thing what people say about uh, USB sticks. There are three ways to put in a USB stick. One way, the other way, and the right way. You ever try to put in a USB stick where it's like not that way? You turn it over and it's I'm, not that way either. And you turn it back over and it goes in the third time. I've I've just never thought about it in those terms. So, and I, it was an IT joke. Anyway, um, <laughs> I used to work in an IT department. Uh, a great roar that set up a lot of exciting stories for both WrestleMania and the coming weeks. I expected Cody numbers. Uh, I no, sorry, I expected Cody and Jay to have a short reign as champions, and with Kevin on SmackDown, it puts Jay, Sammy, and Cody at a numbers disadvantage. Honestly, I think we're telling a story of Judgment Day's rise and fall. I think War Games will be the next major story beat. For Matt, are you uh, as we're heading into November? Like, <laughs> I'm not sure about that one, but um, what I like to, I'm being facetious. What I like about the season premiere, dumb name aside, is setting up wrestlers' direction for Mania. On SmackDown, we had Cody versus Roman Tees and Jay versus Jimmy. On Raw, we had Becky and Rhea, and also WWE is starting to tell the story of Sami Zayn chasing the World Heavyweight Championship, which I see culminating at Mania with Sami winning the world title of Seth at Mania. Reed versus Gunther ruled. Ricochet versus Nakamura is best either guy's look since going to the main roster. As to be able on Nakamura, because I thought uh, the last match he had with uh, Rollins was great. Mm. Great to see all the women on TV in time dedicated to the, that and the women's tag titles. It's also really impressed to see the story they told with DIY and Imperium. Credits to Wade Barrett and also Gunther in the backstage later. Wade put over as a talented... Uh, Wade put over for as talented as Gargano and Champa individually. Imperium know that they are a bigger threat together and that's why they injured Champa last week and Gunther wants them to injure Johnny. We'll get so, to that when we get yeah, to the show because I, I, I know you have thoughts and I, I'm curious to hear them. Good Christmas, that match. Um... Yeah, I, I will also say as well, this idea of like, great to see all the women featured on TV. I have opinions about that. So we'll get there. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, Ket said, it's inconsistent how they're telling the story of Sammy and Kevin being split up due to Kevin being traded to SmackDown when a SmackDown guy interfered in the tag match. I guess there's nothing stopping KO from tagging with Sammy again. That's that's it. And, yeah. I, and this is where I'm like, okay, we've got our authority figures. I, I, I like a brand split. I know a lot of people don't. I don't even mind necessarily having the one champ or the champ that because you're champ, you're able to go over to both of them. That can create really interesting narrative elements. But it all falls apart if you don't commit. And if you commit, uh, we've been saying this literally since the first draft, commit to the goddamn brand split mm -hmm. or it doesn't matter. And they and they went back on it within the first week. Jonathan Cantrez here says, I thought the show was pretty good overall. Not a fan of the short tag run, but this leads me to believe that this is a prelude to war games between Judgment Day and Bloodline versus Cody, Sammy, uh, Jay and Kevin Owens and maybe a returning Randy Orton. 
So yeah, I mean, so the the, the war games thing because I've seen a few people say like, oh, you do Judgment Day and Bloodline, mm. so you'll be Roman and Jimmy, or is it just Jimmy and Solo along with Priest Balor and Dom? Oh, it's it's Roman's got to be there somewhere, surely. Yeah, I don't know if Roman's unless unless Roman advertised for Survivor Series. Well, they did say during the show, "Pleasure doing business with you on the phone," which makes me wonder whether or not we're going to go back to the idea of Seth versus Roman with the championships because we've got those. No, no, thanks. Hate that so much. Gunther versus Rey Mysterio or Logan Paul. Yeah, but but for what? Like brand, to what brand end? supremacy. Like I hate brand supremacy because it means nothing. Hey, hey, brand supremacy. Jesse says to me, Cody's story makes sense even with the adversity. Big time loss at WrestleMania when Bloodline is full strength minus the tag titles comes back and gets a big win at WrestleMania when Roman's empire has fallen. Jay is already gone. More soon, Cody's promo comes true. Now, Jesse Venable is is right on this. If going into WrestleMania forty. It's Cody versus Roman, and Roman doesn't have Solo, Jimmy, or Jay by his side, and then Cody wins. That is a lovely story. That does not negate some of the bad stuff in the bloodline this year, though. And it, well, it does not negate Jimmy turning on the bloodline, then rejoining them two months later. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't. You, you, your uh, silence on the Miz segments is my silence on whether or not Cody should have won at the WrestleMania 39. As I, I, was, I was foreseeing how it played out, and then within three weeks, I'd seen how it played out. Kuzu says, I knew Cody and Jay weren't going to have a long reign, but I figured they would lose it at Crown Jewel, not just nine days later. I'm not really upset as I knew it was going to happen, just not this soon. And Tracy here says, I know logically it might be good, but I think, but I was seriously ticked off. Let's see, when did Jimmy become Loki? It annoyed me. I love uh, the chemistry of Cody and Jay. Sammy and Jay's promo was awesome. Gunther and Bronson was epic. I'm not hot on Judgment Day. Uh, that uh, idea of <laughs> the, the number of turns Loki had over the course of that franchise. Mm. It's quite uh, funny. Let's get into the rest of the show. Actually, before we, before we do get into the show, like we're building towards Crown Jewel. Mm. Um, we've got an, a big match announced on Crown Jewel. Uh, we've got two, two matches now confirmed. Absolutely, we do. Yeah, yeah. both of them on Raw again. Yeah. <laughs> Poor old SmackDown just can't get matches confirmed for pay-per-views. Yikes. The number one show just mm. cannot get matches confirmed for pay-per-views. But yeah, we are going to Crown Jewel and we're going to be doing a watch party for Crown Jewel at the Long Arm Pub and Brewery on November 4th. So come on down. It's in Shoreditch. So it's got great... It's, great, it's right by Liverpool Street Station. So if mm-hmm. you're coming from outside of London, great train connection. Nice and easy. And it's on the Lizzie line. It is on the Lizzie line. We have got... Uh, it's a great pub. They do a great selection of beers and soft drinks as well. And, and, the, and the burger front is quite very good food i was gonna say the burgers are great we have had a blast the last two shows that we've done Mm. there because we did money in the bank and we We did did. night of champions we're going to be doing crown jewel here we're going to be doing survivor series we're making plans to do the royal rumble to do elimination chamber to Mm. do both nights of wrestlemania might even do some aew stuff in there as well we are going to be doing more of these sorts of events so if you want to come down and find the best way to watch wrestling with friends because we are your friends this is going to be your new favorite way of watching pay views. I, gu- I guarantee you're going to have a great time if you come down there. And because it's a big show, mm. I feel like it's about time you defended the gem that championship. Down I later. don't know what you're talking about. Because you won it at SummerSlam yeah, after uh, jamming in the gem in the jar yeah. and have uh, defended it once. Um, well, here's the thing. And then second breaks? No, there just haven't been shows. Oh, I mean, there have been shows, Dan. But not that, not that you've offered me to defend on them. 
it, it's not up to me, Danny. As, as a, as a, hey, as I've a been fighting, here ready to take on Ultimate Champion. Also, I'm going to push back a little bit because we had I, the most recent defense, the only defense, was <laughs> in September at All Out, mm. and I wasn't even allowed to make my own predictions for that. You know why? Because I was waiting to be told. I was like, well, I wonder if we're going to defend it at this one. I wonder if we're going to defend it at this one. And then I suddenly got a text. I was like, I won the belt. And I was like, oh, I'm well looking forward to, to being on the prediction shows and, and uh, defending my my crown and all the rest. And then Pete texts me and says, I'm about to do the predictions show with, uh, with, with Tempest. I need your picks. And he gave me literally five minutes to do it. Should have already had them planned out. By well, I didn't. <laughs> what? That's on you, champ. And, and yet, did I still win? You're damn right I did. Why? Because the era of Leighton is never ending. Because the professor knows all. Because the truth will out. That's why. So bring it. I'll defend it. I will defend it at Crown Jewel. And I will win again. And then I will defend it at Survivor Series. And I will win again. And we'll be coming ever closer to day 1000. It's about time you had some real competition, Dan. So I'm stepping up. Oh! Oh! I'm laying out the challenge. Me versus you. Pretty dadly explodes. <laughs> me oh, got a hot shot it me, straight away. Yeah, me versus you, the championship at uh, Crown Jewel. Go on then. Why not? I should. Can we do that again? Because I should have done something cooler. Then they can edit it in. Yeah, cool. Go for it. The disrespect. Mm. I'm a multi-time gem, that champion. I mean, nothing. Who's holding the belt right now? That's true. You are the, you that are means the, you're a multi-time championship loser. I mean, it, it's true I because have you are, never lost. You are, you are the, the, the biggest champion we have right now. The reigning defending. I saw someone made some trading cards of us. I did. I like that. They, they that were was very fun. cool. Although it did say that I was a, th a three-peat winner of the uh, the jam in the jar, which isn't true. No, I, I actually I'm won a, that I'm a, one I'm a, You did. Well. I'm a, I'm a two-time uh, winner of that. I put a lot of effort into winning that. So anyway, come down and see us because we're going to be doing a party for Crown Jewel and it's going to be me versus Dan for the Jam That Championship in live reactions. Come and see me retain. Come and see either Dan retain, nope. but more likely come and see me win the belt in front of adoring fans. <laughs> My people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't talk it, to anybody. It does mean that I've got to be on the live reaction because I, I like being in the crowd you do. during the main events. You do. Well, you know, why don't you go off and be in the crowd and I'll take it solo. Oh, I could do that. I can celebrate my win in the crowd. Well, I'll celebrate it with the people at home, my real <laughs> friends. Your real friends, real humans, not my real friends, sitting in a corner with with people on the internet. That's where I've always felt the most comfortable. Let's get into this episode of Raw. Uh, after just a few weeks ago, Michael Cole bragging yeah. about how he's <laughs> only missed two shows in 20 odd years. Not here this week, and he's off for the next couple of weeks instead, so Kevin Patrick's filling in. Immediate jump scare with Kevin Patrick on commentary. I thought I'd loaded the wrong show. I went, whoa! <laughs> 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 I was like, I was like, is, oh man, have I loaded like one from three months ago? Yeah, because it's, it's I mean, I'm seeing the Judgment Day. Is it the yeah, wrong this episode? One, this is it. Also, um, I will say though, uh, Kevin Patrick and Wade Barrett hosting uh, commentary the same week the UK and Ireland were giving the Euros is quite apropos. Well done, WWE, for your awareness of soccer. Yeah, uh, we'll get into some. Uh, I've got one note of Kevin Patrick. Commentary. I think he did all right this week. He, I think, I actually think the the three man booth that he's been doing on SmackDown is doing him wonders. Sitting next and to Michael Cole will do that to you. He is still like incredibly unconvincing as a uh, a big match commentator. What's gonna happen now? He's and it's because I've I've figured it out. He's too nice. Mm. He's too polite. 
I mean, like in the the three count episode, I can't remember if this made it into the edit in the end, but I um I wanted to do the the Simpsons joke of Billy Corgan smashing pumpkins, Homer Simpson smiling politely. Yeah, that is what Kevin Patrick is. He's Kevin Patrick smiling politely. Yeah, and when he's just there, Kevin Patrick smiling politely. When he's like, oh, what a big move. I'm like, I don't believe you. Yeah, you <laughs> want to take him home to your grandma. You don't want to have him uh, point out what brutality is like. Exactly. Yeah, like you know, you he doesn't point out like the indignity of like heels cheating and stuff. Because mm. I'm like, ah, you're just too nice yeah you just want everyone to get along <laughs> but we opened with sammy zane wearing a kevin owens t-shirt and they recap the fact that kevin owens has now been drafted to smackdown and sammy's like you know it's weird coming out by myself because mm. ko was drafted and look i know that kev's gonna do big things he's gonna do huge things on, on smackdown and here on raw i think i can be the world heavyweight champion and then he's like, he's a, it was a big conflict ball of emotions, conflicted ball of emotions. Cause he was like, but also like, I'm torn because like, I know he's going to do great stuff over there, but the reason he's not here is because of Jey Uso. But I'm glad that Jey Uso is here because I want Jey away from the bloodline. And I think Jey's going to do great stuff, but he's also won the tag titles. The tag titles that I worked so hard to win at WrestleMania. And now I can't win them back because my tag partner has been drafted mm-hmm. away because of Jey. I thought Sammy was really, really good in this and also announcing I'm going to be going for the world title. Mm. He really like set like cemented his character motivations. Yeah, within within this storyline, I thought it was really really good. Uh, and I, and I'll save some of my analysis on that for when we get to a segment later on that I thought was absolutely brilliant. Um, but what I loved about it was the abs- was the fire of it. That it was just so uh, intense, as you say. He was this ball of emotion, and and there was something uh, a, a, rel- a relatively quiet crowd, and he was really trying to get you know something from them. Um, it was a nice uh, as well that he came out with a KO shirt because I don't know if I saw someone tweet this, but basically on SmackDown as Kevin Owens came out, he sort of looked behind him for mm. Sammy and then realized, oh, wait, he's not going to be there. Puppy dog. It's yeah. like that kind of like um, sad little little sad, story. Sad little, little boy. Little soap opera drama. Um, I, I really like this. I really liked it a lot. Uh, the Judgment Day, like Clockwork, came out and did like, I, I don't know if they say different things every week. I don't know if they say anything. But I, I feel like they just, you know, copy and paste. They might as well be saying Laura Mipson. Like, yeah. You know, just like, <laughs> copy and paste across from the previous week. Rhea did get watted by the crowd, which I found surprising. I did too. She's so over everywhere else. I was yeah. really surprised at this Oklahoma crowd. Sort it out, Oklahoma. I saw someone in the chat earlier be like, stop trying to, stop trying to like haze my hometown. No. Oh, well, I, well, I'll continue to. Sort it out, Oklahoma. Boomer sooner, more like... Sort your life out. Hello. Thank you for saving me. Um, Anyway, Jay ran down to make the save, and Sammy was like, you know, happy about it, but also was like, you yeah it was a conflict yeah it was a conflict because then in a backstage segment he was like you know trying to like process all these emotions and jay walks up to be like hey man i thought we were cool he's like no i appreciate i appreciate the help i appreciate you coming out to save me but it shouldn't be you it should be kevin that's doing Mm. that that was a really really nice moment and Jay's like, I, you know, if, you, if that's the way you feel, if you want to talk about it later, that's fine. Proper took it out on him, didn't he? Proper, and and Jay walked away, and Sammy pushed over through a strop. He threw a little strop, and I I pressed return a couple of times on my keyboard because I was like, that's the end of the segment. Mm. But it wasn't. Nope. The segment continued, and Sammy chased after him. The camera ran round with him, and he caught up with him and apologized. It was like, look, I just don't know where my head is at, at the moment, but I'm sorry, I shouldn't take it on you. That's not fair. Mm. And they certainly hug. 
say yeet and then you know away we go i thought it was really really good actually because that's, that's, that's shaking up the formula a little bit of, of backstage segments and there's a, again not to to be that guy but i'm going to save it, it for a little bit later on because it was a nice parallel with a segment that we got later on as well i liked this very much i i haven't brought this up on on any shows because i've not really found a place to do it but i've been this been this tweet that i saw that really made me laugh of someone who said i don't watch wwe a lot this is when they were watching Fastlane. Said I don't watch WWE a lot, but a guy's just come out who's calling himself main main event Jey Uso, and he's in the opener, <laughs> and his theme song says I'm now on my own, yeah. and he's just won the tag titles. Yeah, that is that is quite <laughs> funny. Yeah, because like he keeps saying like I'm on my own now, and it's like every week you've just been teaming with people. Yeah. So up next in a Falls Count Anywhere match, it was Ricochet versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and I went into this with a big old. <sighs> because I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of watching these two yeah. wrestle. They've had a kind of uninspired matches, yeah. broadly fine stuff, but it's like not elevated either of them, not downgraded either of them either. A proper two and a half star for mm. They really were great here. They pulled it out of the bag. Really pulled out of the bag. They brawled everywhere. They brawled through gorilla position. Ricochet had a nice line. He's well said, watch out, Hurricane. There's a ricochet coming through. Yeah. Oh, stand back, Hurricane. There's a ricochet coming through. Very nice. Um, Sean Ross had a really funny tweet about that as well. He said, I often get asked what producers do for wrestling matches. He said, they sit where Shane Helms is sitting. Yeah. Because <laughs> Shane Helms was the producer of this right. match. <laughs> and... They, you know, they brawled around the building and stuff. I thought it was a really nice moment when Nakamura went for the GTS, which I think is just part of his repertoire now. Yeah, I, not, I honestly it's do. It's yeah. not a CM Punk reference. It's just that is a move that he does as part mm. of his arsenal now. And Ricochet grabs it and counts it into a dragon screw, like on the stage and stuff. It was mm. like really, really cool. Went to commercial break, came back. They're brawling in the crowd. And Ricochet, with the help of someone who kind of like lifted him up, yeah. did a shooting star press off the balcony onto Nakamura, who then fell down some stairs a little bit. A fantastic visual. Mm. Spectacular stuff. Like, this is proper highlight package. Yeah. You can use this in the raw opening. I up. literally wrote that. I'm like, well, you, know, you need a new title sequence, so you might as well use this. Yeah. yeah. I, because we, you know, people thought season premiere, new presentation, <sighs> everything. It's not. It's the same theme song. It's the same opening graphics and stuff. Season premiere means absolutely It just, it it just doesn't nothing. feel like greatness. It means <laughs> feels like gravy. It <laughs> but it's uh but i thought this was a genuine highlight moment yeah i really really like this it's the first time the nakamura's lived up to highlight of the night mm, yeah. uh, i really really like that is nakamura that was ricochet that no ricochet's gimmick highlight is of highlight of the night yeah, you said nakamura that's sorry. why i got confused sorry do apologize uh they're interchangeable and um in the end ricochet got pushed off the top rope and he fell through a table and nakamura hit the kinshasa while he was on the floor and he won more fun than it needed to be yeah proper like, my gm vibes about this oh yeah completely um there's something in um a, a thing that i kept coming back to on this show was consistency right this this uh, idea that i need a little bit of it's consistency that ultimately gets things over like if you if we do things on this channel you want that level of consistency we're here every week you know that you can shoot in every week at three you know and we'll see the show kind of thing um i think uh this feud has been a victim to a lack of consistency they have essentially been feuding on and off since backlash yeah right whether it's reed was involved whether it was who else was involved at one champa was involved at one point yeah the, he was trying to get involved in the, the rollins feud right and then and then there was a moment where um ricochet oh yeah ricochet got involved in rollins feud ricochet went off with logan paul while nakamura went off elsewhere they were yeah. in the money in the bank like the, the it if all roads have been leading here i think we all were a little bit done with it 
So for them to pull out what was actually a really effective match, and there were no We Want Tables chants, which I really, I mean, it turns out that's because of the crowd. <laughs> but um, but I was I was like, oh, that's refreshing. That's nice. Um, and there was a moment where he did a nice little make them laugh, Donald O'Connor singing in the rain, run up and do a backflip mm. off the off the set, which I really liked. That shooting star press was unreal. So good. Uh, cool little closing sequence. I really liked it. It yeah. was good. Big fan of this. Um, can I say something that has been bo- like, not bothering me, but I've just been aware of for weeks and I've never known how to raise it. Um, Ricochet has a lot of lovely tattoos. Hmm. And there's one in particular over his chest. I, I can never not look at his nipple. Mm. And I don't know what to do with that. It was the same last week when I got that giant close-up of Kaiser's nipples. And here Ricochet has not a not-tattooed nipple because he's not a sadist. Because that sounds like the most painful thing in the world. But it just really highlights that his nipple is there. And I don't know what to do about it. As someone who has got a tattoo on my boob, I can tell you that it's quite sore. Yeah, well, they're all sore. Ah, uh, yeah, I suppose in a way, but one of my chest was really sore. Yeah. And the one on my boob was really, really sore. Don't like it. And say that um, uh, the uh, other week, actually it was the other night, in fact, uh, in the bath, my, uh, my little girl... You don't really tell me about your bath time, I'll be honest. My little girl in the bath before bedtime just sort of looked down, looked up at me and went, Oh, my boob. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the uh, noel foley thing you know she was asking when her nipples were gonna grow <laughs> and then because kids I, just say the darndest things and then because i really laughed she now just looks at me and goes daddy boob <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah uh it's it's puerile humor and i would like for child owen to grow up you, uh, you're better than that she's the best um, <laughs> Backstage, all the raw women <laughs> stood in a row. We got a women plus, exist segment. Plus Nikki Cross. It almost felt like, you know how we said last week, it's like Triple H. Per- it was every woman but Nikki Cross yeah. and Zoe Stark. Yeah, permanently not online Triple H. He Big Bucky O'Hare is. Hire me. Um, I, I don't go online. I don't see what the reactions to the shows are. Balderdash. Um, heard, we'd said like, oh, he heard the criticisms. And so he started putting, basically went out of his way to try and feature everyone on the show, apart from Nikki Cross and Zoe Stark. So on this show, which is like, Nikki's just there for no reason. Nikki Cross is just there. Almost be like, are you happy now? I look, I put them on the show. Are you happy now? Now everyone was featured. You can't say otherwise. I'm just going to check this because I want to make absolutely certain. But I think, yes, indeed, every single member of the female Raw roster was on the show. So we've got... Becky Lynch, yeah. yes. Candice LeRae, yeah. yes. Chelsea Green, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Indy Hartwell, yep. Jackie Redmond, yep. uh, Katana Chance, yep. Caden they were, Carter. They were in their segment. Liv Morgan injured, so that's fine. Maxine yep. Dupree. Oh, she was in the segment, the Africa segment. Uh, Natty had a match. Nia Jax, yep. Nikki Cross. Certainly did. Piper Niven, yep. Raquel Rodriguez. Uh-huh. Uh, Ronda R- Rousey is retired, so we don't think Rhea about her. Ripley. Rhea Ripley, yep. Samantha Irvin, yep. uh, Shayna Baszler. Yep. Uh, Sonya Deville injured. Stephanie McMahon, nice to see you, it's all there. Tegan Knox. <laughs> Tegan Knox. Can't believe Stephanie. They haven't updated this page at all. Yeah. Stephanie McMahon's no longer with the company. Tegan Knox. Yep. Trish is, is in absentia. Oh, Valhalla mm-hmm. wasn't on the show. Oh, Valhalla was the one who was missing. But Zia Lee and Zoe Stark were there. Yeah. So try again, Trips. <laughs> Book Stephanie McMahon. She's on the Raw roster on the WWE.com page. And Trish while we're at it. What was the point of drafting her otherwise? Um, but anyway, all the Raw women stood in a row uh, to kind of just to build up the idea of reminding us all that tegan Knox and natalia are apparently friends yeah um because that's women's storylines and piper niven's having a match with natalia next yeah there was stuff in this segment that i quite liked so for instance i really liked tegan Knox being as welsh as they come being like oh we had a lot of drinks the other day didn't we um with the party girls and then 
you know, I don't believe them. <laughs> <laughs> look at look at their fitness and tell me that they're out on the out on the booze. They're yeah. not out on the lash. They're out on the working out. Or maybe it's because they do so much jumping. Oh, I see. They're, they're working it off. Yeah, um, I just don't believe they like partying either. I oh, they I, no. I, I find them very unconvincing as party girls. They love to party. Do they? Oh, they absolutely do. They just love to go to parties. One of the, you see, they jump, they sway, <laughs> and they and they do this, and they they fire off some some smoke. They love to party. Um, apparently so. Huge fan of it. Um, but Tegan basically says to Chelsea, go and annoy someone else. And Chelsea's response is, um, actually, I already tried to speak to Adam Pearce, so, <laughs> which I loved. It was very funny. My favorite Chelsea Green moment on this was when Piper Niven was coming out for her entrance and Piper Niven walked away and Chelsea Green had to do the, oh, wait for me. Yeah. Run. Chelsea Green is great. Chelsea Green. This is, uh, to, to, you know, there was a lot of shoehorning the women on screen. This is kind of what I've been talking about when I've been pushing my feminist agenda. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, someone called this segment the classic Tony Khan maneuver. Yeah, well, it's that kind of. But again, we're going to come to it later on because yes, um, actually, it's not the, the classic Tony Khan maneuver because there was more than one segment with all the women in it this year, this week. Um, but basically, it's this whole thing of um, uh, people, people, you, people have been saying I push a feminist agenda, and I'm kind of okay with it. But basically, um, it's because the talent's there. They're really good. They're all really good in, in various degrees. Whether or not these segments showed it, no. But they get little scraps and they try and make something out of it. Um, so I like Chelsea Green very much. The video promo for Gunther, who had a great line where he said, there is no man like me, there is only me. Awesome. Mm. So, so good to build up his icy match with uh, Bronson Reed. Yeah. And then Piper Niven uh, beat Natalia very, very quickly. Um, Chelsea got bumped off the apron, which somehow distracted Natalia. And that's allowed uh, Piper to get the win. And then Tegan Knox ran down for the save to set up your tag title program. Because what we're doing is the same storyline we were doing with Shayna and Zoe Stark. But they've now been moved into a different program. So we've just replace them just taking yeah. that code out of the game and put different code in instead um this was where i thought it was wild how generic rock music of the 90s was still somehow more impactful than generic trap music for entrance themes because piper's theme does nothing like i don't know it I, if, if you sat me down with the attitude era themes and played like one of the generic rock tracks i'll be able to say oh that was dan seven mm. or oh that was hard because dan seven are one of the greatest themes ever well there you go whereas now i'm like i, I we played the game uh, at home there's a, they, they uploaded a thing i'm like half of them i can't i don't know who this theme is um but very functional match to continue with the story uh tegan was starting to get a little reaction um you know from this otherwise reactionless crowd oklahoma we, we're starting flame laws with everyone we had what was it steven larson <laughs> yep, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, yeah, and now yeah. we're starting one with the entire state of Oklahoma. Yeah, Steve, like Steve said on on yesterday's going in raw. Now it's on site. Yeah, like if they come over, and he said today on Twitter that he's going to come down the Thames like DX on a tank, <laughs> just on a little speed, <laughs> on boat. a little speedboat. Like he's got, like make he's sure got you've got, got your life jacket on though. Like they they're coming for us now. All right, like they 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 said the war is on. Like Steve knows where our office is. Hey, I'm. He's, he's got big plans. I don't think Larson is as into it as much as it is, but his arms are massive, so they terrify me in a different way. Well, maybe Larson and me will sit in the corner and watch you two. I don't say me with Steve. Steve's massive. That's your Steve's fault. so tall. I didn't start this flame war. Anyway. Um... It's not my fault our show's better than theirs. <laughs> I, it's not my fault that we just have a better show. You're right. It's my fault I make the show better. <laughs> so the consistency that we were getting is of, of Tegan Knox coming out and fighting. You were talking about this abject failure of getting her over kind of thing. And it really is just booking people week to week gets people over. Having the consistency of having Tegan Knox mean, means that when her music hits, I care. You know, having Piper Niven on the show week by week, I Certainly, care. Of course. But the, the general audience won't so like consistency please yeah. consistency 
Judgment. This is where Judgment Day had a backstage segment where I wrote, "This segment achieved very little." Yeah, because they just chatted and then the segment ended. Nothing to say. <laughs> what did achieve a lot, though? I really liked this because I'm I'm not into Seth Rollins. I think that has been yeah. uh, pretty evident. I'm, I'm not into his character. I'm not really into this world title run. I'm I'm not feeling it. I get that others are. Mm -hmm. I've, perhaps I'm in the minority on, on this one. It's just it ain't working for me, brother. But there are times when he can just flick a switch and something works. That said, the most interesting person in the segment was the person he was having a chat with. Right. But that's not to downplay Seth's involvement in this. So I'm not, I've not been hugely into Seth Rollins' world heavyweight champion. That said, this segment was really, really good. Because mm -hmm. he comes out acting like a prick, looking like a prick, and then he calls out Drew oddly, because he's like, Drew, I want to have a chat with you about what you did last week. And I was like, we saw this segment literally last week because mm. you had a chat with him about what he did last week but that's not what he wanted to talk about he wanted to talk about the thing that you pointed out yeah which you missed which i missed they replayed that you. backstage in a far far distance of a shot last week yeah you can see drew having a chat with rhea ripley yeah. and seth said like you know is there anything you want to say and drew's like look you don't need to worry about you know my business she i'm not a creep like jay uso <laughs> like i'm not a big perv like jay uso is she came up to chat with me that's all you need to know about it mm. and Rollins said like i think it's more that you fail a lot and you're really afraid of failure and you're so afraid of failure that you're turning to the judgment day because that's the only way you're going to be able to beat me for the world heavyweight title and drew talks about like i bring this up with me because like i i won the world title in front of no one i beat brock lesnar in five minutes and no one was there to see it and i carried this company when no one was able to get here and then when fans came back i was able to capture lightning in a bottle twice and i should have been the universal champion but i was stopped by the bloodline and seth's like you need to get over the bloodline and he just fires up and he just you know goes over this like damn right i'm not over the bloodline like i thought it was a really really great bit but then also Seth Seth um could argue the same thing, like that that Royal Rumble, you know, where he, he got a win over Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I'm saying. He could yeah. make the argument that like, oh, the bloodline have messed my my stuff up, and look at me now, I've got a cha a world championship. You make your own look. Like that's the storyline he could be. Absolutely. You know, yeah. And Rollins then talked about how he has scratched and he has clawed for four years mm. to get back to the top. And Drew can't do that because he's too busy pointing fingers at others and blaming other people. But you know what? When I beat you at Crown Jewel, you'll have no one to blame but yourself. There was a really good end line yeah. by Rollins. It furthers this Drew heel turn, this brilliant slow burn Drew heel turn. I thought Rollins was really good in this segment. I thought Drew was fantastic yeah. in this segment. I completely agree. I, I, it's the, it's, the thing with Seth Rollins has always been, I don't like the character, or rather I did like the character when it was a heel. Um, there's something about this that just isn't connecting and it almost feels like um, uh, improv theater where you're, you're doing clowning and you're doing physical theater and you have to sort of make manifest and it all feels a bit weird and no one likes doing it. That's what it feels like in, in good guy phrase. But in this section, he was just being, you know, there was just fire between them. There was It was dropping the pretense and just it, going that's for it. it. One, if, this is what Seth does, basically. Mm. Seth has a character and then every now and again, he stops doing that character yeah. and just cuts good promos and yeah. then goes back to being that character again. But like, I feel like those promos are not that Seth character. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I think it's a, I think it, I do think they need to move away from the character. You can still have the, the conducting, but the, and you can still have the drip. Look at Becky at the moment. Becky's sort of in between the man and Becky two belts and the way she styles herself and the she way that she carries work, herself. Yeah. She's made it work. I think Seth can too. 
Yeah, he feels wish.com uh, Becky Lynch is what Seth Rollins often feels like. <laughs> We've got Becky Lynch at home is what <laughs> Seth Rollins feels like. Uh, but a very good segment nonetheless. We had a video promo for Bronson Reed to hype up that match. And then we got a, I thought this was a really, I thought the segment was really tight and concise and very, very cool in making WWE feel like a big product. Ah, because Logan Paul won his latest fixed work boxing match and um it's, it's faker than pro wrestling and afterwards he called out ray mysterio for the united states championship and then they have a clip of ray mysterio on an espn like uh, the, the michael k show yeah he was on the on the, the the michael k show but he was being interviewed about this fake boxing match that logan paul won and you know mm. being called out and stuff and he was like yeah i think he's going to be on he's going to be on smackdown this week and we'll speak to him i'll you know answer his challenge then and they later announced logan paul's gonna be on raw next week i was like man talk about making your show feel like a big time thing because this guy has been called out a champion in a different sport and then you're being interviewed by like actual proper sports people mm. And then that's being shown then on this product. It's like what they did with Jay Cargill. Yeah. When Jay Cargill signed and they were showing that TMZ and ESPN were uh, reporting on this. Mm. It makes everyone feel like big deals. Well, they did it with Ronda Rousey as well when, when she first came in and, and in 2018. There was a lot of crossover stuff there, obviously, because Ronda Rousey was one of the biggest stars on the planet at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, this this was really effective. Yeah, I really liked it. I and, really and hell, like this. I want to see the match. You know, it's a great use of your Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. Yeah. Up next was Ludwig Kaiser versus Johnny Gargano. They had a totally fine little match. Oh, I really enjoyed the match. The crowd were so quiet. This is where the crowd really died a death, and then they didn't come back until towards the end of the Gunther-Bronson-Reed match. Mm. But they were, like, so quiet during this match. And there was a, a small... Here's how the match ended. There was a small argument between Vinci and Kaiser for no reason other than Triple H just got a boner for Dissension and Imperium. Gargano hits the Widow's Bell and he hits a Slingshot DDT and he has the match won. And right in front of the referee, uh, Vinci almost gets into the ring and rakes the eyes of Johnny Gargano while he's in the pin. That's somehow not a DQ. And then, Kai- and then Johnny Gargano distracts himself by chasing Vinci around the ring, gets back in the ring, gets hit by Kaiser with his move, and Kaiser wins. Mm. Terrible finish to an okay match with a dead crowd. Yeah, I, I thought the match was... I probably thought the match was a bit better. Um, I get why they're doing the scurry ending, because obviously it's this like this, this numbers game thing that we had in the in the old chat. Sorry, I've forgotten who sent it in, but the uh, idea of this numbers game thing and DIY need each other... Having Gargano lose in his re-debut match, if we want to call it that, like this is his first match back, this first match in this, you know, mm-hmm. incarnation. I think that was a bit of a, a mistake, and it is that consistency thing that I was talking about with Tegan Knox, where um, you you want the regularity of him on screen. You want to believe that he's worth, you know, he, he's good. He's got this. Losing his re-debut match is, is maybe a bit of a mistake, and then also it kind of ties back into when they put Dom's uh, Dom put. Uh, priest's feet on the ropes correct me if i'm wrong but the hands being under the rope is also a rope break yeah it is so why can't you just sort of instead of doing that the eye poke why can't you just slip because kaiser was right close to the ropes he has to be in order for that moment to happen slip his hand under the rope say ref 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 
because you've already because you've got a spot later on in the show with the foot being on the ropes. So you you have to do. Because no, I'm saying why can't either of them do it? Because but these were both examples where the ref saw in plain sight that what was. I know. But I'm saying because you can't do both of them. No, but I'm saying why can't they just full stop? Like, uh, forget that they both happened on one show. Let's say let's say this only is the one the only one that happened mm. because it's it's that kind of nonsense screw finish where it doesn't look deaf and and you leave yourself open to what you're saying, which is the refs are in, it should have been a disqualification. Yeah. If you're overbooking it in that way. Well, yeah, what happened basically is that they wanted to do two screwy finishes where the outside interference stops a pin. But they're like, well, Dom's going to do the foot on the ropes in the main event. So we can't do the foot on the ropes in the other match. So we have to do something else. What is it? He's going to rake the eyes. But I get, like, that one just doesn't work. They don't, neither of them worked. Either, or you won. Neither of them worked because the referee was out of position for the, the, the foot one. Because you, you can do a I'm foot not, I, I'm not trying to catch you out, by the way. No, I, I, I know I, you're not. This is, can... It's just neither of them working, so you need to get you need to figure it out better. But I think the foot on the ropes does work. It's just the referee can't be where the ref was right. for that one. The referee needs to be on the other side of the thing, mm. of, of the, the pinfall happening, so he doesn't see the person doing it, or you can believe that the referee didn't see it. Mm. But the, both of these things, particularly the eye rake, like the referee was looking directly at him when he did it. And... I just I thought the finish was rubbish. Mm. Really no good. I've got no issue with Johnny losing because it's a whole thing about a numbers game mm. and them systematically taking them out. No issue with Gargano losing. I've got no issue with it being, you know, outside interference, screwy finish. Just got to make that screwy finish look good. Mm. And unfortunately, they did not make this one look good. That's fair. Um, we had Becky walking backstage and Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae walked up and Indy was like, I might. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> how about that match and um they were like yeah well, well you know I'm, i've already spoken to adam pierce we're gonna book that for for next week uh and then becky comes face to face with rhea ripley again so, I, I, i've done this tease a couple of times since wrestlemania and becky under her breath did mutter becky two belts as she was walking away oh. so a lovely little tease for becky versus rhea for the titles at wrestlemania Becky in this role is really great. Isn't she just? I love it. So, so great. Mm. Uh, And then we had Drew chatting with Sammy. This is a a, a fun little segment Mm. here. Because he's like, look, I respect you, Sammy Zayn. I I really respect you. I also respect the fact that you stood up and and sort of, you know, against Jey Uso. But then you just apologized to him straight after. So, like, you know, what's that all about? And then Sammy, like, was like, look, I know what it's like to have the bloodline sphere, but I think Seth, right, you've got to put the bloodline behind you. Mm. And Drew's like, this is why you'll never be world heavyweight champion. And Sammy's like, oh, well, you know, we'll find that out next week. And that's how we set up Drew versus Sammy for next week. Big mm. thumbs up for me. Yeah, I love this segment. And this is where I'm going to draw it back to the one earlier on, because how it basically came down was Drew giveth and then Drew taketh away. So Drew said the nice thing and Sammy sort of took it as a compliment. And they went, well, hang on, I wasn't finished yet. Now I don't respect you because of this, which was almost like the opposite of what Sammy did, where Sammy was like, I'm angry at you, Jay. I understand why, and I'm sorry. I'm, do you yeah. know what I mean? It was it, it was a nice kind of parallel between the two because this sort of slow burn heel turn, or or this uh, the introduction to more negative elements of Drew McIntyre's character was um, it, it's a shady way of making what's actually a decent point. Like Drew had a point here, and the best heels always do make a, have a good point. Uh, so I thought it was it was really effective in showing why Sami Zayn is the good guy and why Drew McIntyre, even though he's saying something true is kind of doing it the shady bad way. Loved that. And also the seeding of the idea that Sami Zayn is or isn't world championship material, which was throughout the whole show, mm-hmm. I thought was really effective. Kind yeah. of pointing me back to the NXT run that he had to the NXT title. Um, well, was he going to get the job done? Can you be the, the guy to, to get over the finish line? 
Um, and even back to, you know, Montreal, you've always talked about it, which was that Michael Cole line of believe there's a 1% chance he's going to do it. All it takes is yeah. three seconds kind of thing. Um, I love it. Yeah. I really love it. Like and I can see that belt around. And imagine, yeah, imagine a WrestleMania, whoever he's taking it off, Sami Zayn lifting that belt up at WrestleMania. Does that make that belt feel special? I think it does. I'll wait till I see it. Because it's Sami Zayn. He's the man who makes the title. It, well, yeah, I think Sami can make that moment feel if special. If you're going to tell important. a story like this, I think that's how you do it. As I said, I think I need to, like, I will reserve judgment for when we get to that point. Mm. I totally think it can. And I, I, I think you're absolutely right. But at this point in time, actually, like, the bell just does so little for me that I, I, I'm not sure I can quite visualize it feeling like a big deal mm. but that's not to say that sammy can't make it feel like a big deal because i think if, if anyone can it's sammy's aim yeah uh up next rhea ripley took on Shayna baszler rhea cut a promo saying that mummy will always be on top which i think is ollie davis's favorite movie uh, and <laughs> this is when i made the note of like what happened to this crowd like this is rhea ripley's in the ring and this crowd is like dies yeah like, and like they just weren't making any noise for anything i really enjoyed the reversal of the riptide into the armbar mm-hmm. and rhea ripley power bombing herself out but someone in our collision chat yesterday said guarantee you nijax comes out and this match ends in a dq and that's that's exactly what yeah. happened nijax came out raquel brawled with her from out of nowhere zoe stark returned to tv and she attacked nijax and in that melee zoe stark got thrown into the ring and the referees they'd be like whoa what are you doing, Zoe Stark? I can't throw you out at the moment, though. And you two are going to have to sit there for a little bit because we need to do this other Nia and Raquel spot before we come to do your spot. Mm. So Raquel and Nia continue to brawl and like Raquel takes for ages to do her little bull run-up thing when she charges into the steps. And then we cut back into the ring. And Zoe Stark does the dinkiest little kick you ever done see on Rhea Ripley. And the ref's like, yep, DQ. Mm. Rubbish. Yeah. This finish was awful Mm. really really rubbish it made no one look good again i think it was a shame because the 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 match that was taking place i was actually quite into i thought there was a little wrist lock that ended up pile driving Rhea into the mat woof i I thought really enjoying the match there was a moment where Rhea manages to put shane into the mat and just fall straight to the mat gulping for air which because she's taken aback which is that that puts both of them over this idea that Rhea's strong enough to be able to get out of it she's a champ but also shane is a badass i wanted to see more of it and i and i and i don't I guess in a way it serves as like an amuse bouche. It shows to you that the, it, the proof of the pudding would be in the eating. Have any more food metaphors that you want? Um, I'm not the most mad at the ending here. I possibly should be. I do see what you're saying. I think, I think the reason I'm not pissed about it is because I'm just glad to see all of these people, and I don't think any of them came a lot looking rubbish. Um, I felt like yeah, I'm a bit cack in this. I I. Because Rhea, well, Rhea and Shayna had to lay there for ages while sort of waiting for it. And like Zoe yeah, Stark but that's had to part sort of, of the, the Zoe, form, I, I guess. She had to fumble around yeah. for ages while I'm trying, I'm trying to wonder why, I, why I'm not so mad at it. Because th- you're making a good point there. I think I just kind of accepted it as part of the form. And it wasn't them, it's the staging. Mm. Like it was the staging of, of the spot. And like, yeah, Zoe Stark just doing this dinky little kick on Rhea. It's not like she hit a big move on her or anything. She literally was like, yeah and the rest like yep dq it's when i think about the um the fatal four way because what this is leading to with the fatal five way as we found out later on in the show and i have thoughts about that when we get there but the um i think about the fatal four way uh, the four pillars fatal four way which was so incredible in over and double or nothing um because everybody was involved all the time rather than having that bit where someone's out having a breather and then coming in and and it's the going out having a breather the staging of it 
that you are taking umbrage with here. And I think because I'm just used to that kind of staging, it's not really something I was thinking about in this moment. I just like seeing Zoe Stark back. Um, so, so yeah, no, I, I can see that. I, I also think booking two screw finishes like this in a row. This uh, I was starting to lose it a little bit yeah. with this show because like the, the Gargano one, I was like, that wasn't very good. Mm. And then we had this. The dead crowd wasn't helping either because it was a really good match. And I was really enjoying the action uh, in between the ropes, but... Yeah, it just it, it was not work. This finish did not work for me, brother. Mm. And I thought it was staged quite poorly. Yeah. Uh, we had Becky chatting with Adam Pierce backstage, making the match with uh, Indy Hartwell official. Um, and I, again, more of like maybe I was just in a sort of a, a, a bad mood at this point with this show. By the way, I actually I laughed out loud when the DQ happened. Right. Like a proper like my wife called up to me like you're all right because I literally went ha! Right. With the, the the crap finish. And then, like, so Zia Lee walks up to Becky Lynch, and this is what she said. Becky, when's it my time to, to have a shot at the title? And Becky said, you can have that title shot whenever you want. And Zia Lee said, I'll have it when I want. Yes, it was very silly, wasn't it? rubbish. Like, that is... Swear jar. That is like that is, is not in. Like, that is really, really crap writing. No, it was silly, because Zaya says, what about me? Becky says, if you want to go say the word, and literally Zaya said the word last week. You know, last week she was like, I want to go. Uh, and then Zaya says, we'll do it on my time. And I don't think it works like that when you're the challenger, personally. Um, this is exactly what they did with Nakamura. With Shinsuke, exactly. No, this, this was very silly. Yeah, I think it's so, it's really bad writing. It was bad writing. It was bad writing. There's no two ways about it. But okay, here is the big positive from this segment. They, it was immediately followed by some good writing. I was going to say, yeah. what came next was incredible. Yeah. And like, Becky's obviously awesome. Yeah. Adam Pierce, I really like him in his role. Yeah. Now that he is just officially just the raw. He guy, looks happy. Just the, the raw general manager. I'm happy as, La I'm happy as Larry with I love that. an authority figure. And this is what I mean with the Tegan Knox stuff. Right. When I kept being like, they're not making Tegan Knox feel special. Tegan Knox does not feel like a star. And Tegan Knox coming out, not getting any reactions, is testament to the fact that they have not done a good enough job in getting her over as a star. Mm -hmm. Jade Cargill, without doing anything, she hasn't had a match. She hasn't had a promo. She hasn't had an, like, an in-ring segment. She walks into frame. The crowd popped. Yeah. This crowd that had been dead... This crowd were dead during Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler. This crowd were dead during Johnny Gargano versus Ludwig Kaiser. Jade Cargill walks on screen and they reacted. And you know why? Because this company has presented Jade yeah. Cargill as a megastar since day dot that she signed with the company. So, and it's translating into crowd reactions. This is great. To, to your point, we talk about when like Johnny Gargano makes his call up or so-and-so makes a call up from NXT and they don't get a reaction. Because we always talk about how like, and I say it with, with both programs, you can't be expected to watch how many hours of wrestling a week, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you're going to miss people. On Collision, half the time I'm like, who's that person? Oh, they're from ROH? Sorry, I haven't watched ROH. Like, um, Gargano making his debut or Candice LeRae making her returns, cool for us. But if you're your average, average member of the audience, maybe they don't know who she is. So I'm not going to believe that every single person in, in Oklahoma watched Jade Cargill's run with the TBS title. Guarantee that uh, 90% of them didn't. So because of, as you say, the way she's been presented, when she walks on screen and gets this massive reaction, it's that's how you make someone look like a star organically. You know, with, with the, the buzz about her anyway from the people who have watched both, because I do think 
for all of that she was a, a bit of a greenhorn, the way AEW presented her was quite incredible, even though they didn't necessarily do everything with that title, and they did a lot of it happened on Rampage. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. I, I need people to stop rewriting this history that AEW never presented. Jim hey, Cargill for once in my star. life, I'm trying to give AEW props. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you. I, I'm just. I, I'm Tony. Give me a, a li- one of those five is into trips. Pile. I Thank think you. we need to kind of put a stop to this narrative that AEW did never did nothing for Jade Cargill and didn't present her like a star. Yeah, because that's nonsense. Yeah, that is actual nonsense mm. rewriting of history that's triple h levels of rewriting history right right yeah they did they did a good job uh so but anyway we get to this bit and i and i'm seeing i mean i think about saturday or friday rather where uh where she goes backstage with nick Aldis and charlotte and triple h who is not a small man literally made himself look this big i crouched down to and make the, them look bigger he looked like a kid at christmas looking at the pair of them i loved like, it because he's like i'm winning he, yeah i got to do what i want <laughs> i i now have all the toys yeah oh, i was great it was so funny love what they um, and adam pierce did say to her welcome to monday night raw so yeah we are well well i mean she's also had welcome to nxt I know, yeah. again, I, but again it's like where will she go i don't I know she looked this. at the nxt title love and this. the other thing i loved about it was you had various different people presenting various different responses you had charlotte size her up and down jade i know who you are and they said a little bit and then she goes off becky just says get in line where she's like i I recognize you as a competitor but i also recognize this entire division as a competitor so you know i've got my own you kind of think i loved it so good so so good uh i was at this point uh, really hoping that bronson reed and gunther would save this show and they did because this show this match was awesome Mm-hmm. Uh, this match though does have my two commentary notes Ah, um, one of which is a, a slightly smaller one which is that Bronson Reed was going up to do the tsunami and Wade Barrett said uh, exciting, it was like Gunther's barely moving he said as Gunther was already on his feet and stopping the move <laughs> from happening but it was a Kevin Patrick line where Kevin Patrick said Wade, you're a former five-time Intercontinental Champion, and you have said that Gunther is the greatest IC champ of all time. Why do you think that? <laughs> why Why do you think, KP? <laughs> I mean, I, could, I wouldn't have the first clue as to why someone might think that Gunther, the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time, might be the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Did that, you, have, did you ever think about that, Kevin, before you said it? But also the phrasing of that question reeks of like the presidential debates where they plant someone in the crowd to finish off by being like can you tell me one thing you love about america <laughs> do you know what i mean like tell me why this guy is really good also do you remember a couple of weeks ago when like uh cole was talking about wade barrett being an ic champion he's like oh, i wasn't that good and it's like yeah. rate yourself babe like you weren't that I bad no he's right <laughs> <laughs> wait wade's just being honest that's fair um but anyway. yeah i mean like i don't have many notes for this match other than it was great oh this it? match was so good was this great. match ruled did everything you wanted it to it was big meaty man slapping me and i loved every single moment of can it. i like, tell you by the way sorry just because you said it that's triggered it in me how glad i am that the meat chance haven't caught on because it was really fun for that one match but my god if that became the standard they were there on collision oh. during the, uh, the joe willie mac match I don't need and it. i was there going of course you were. Of course you were. Yeah, because I because I you ha- enjoy fun. Exactly, because yeah, I like having fun. <laughs> I'm like the Lucha House Party, and I like to have fun. Um, Spanish Book and Warfare coming this Saturday. By the way, I'm actually a little bit worried about that Jesus episode coming Wayne. out. No, no, no comment. No comment. <laughs> 
honestly, I'm, I'm seeing the comments of people not enjoying Ollie Davis's story from Fancy Booking Warfare because it was a bit silly. And I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, my episode's coming out this week. <laughs> if you've ever needed, it's me versus Luke this week on Fantasy Booking Warfare. If you've ever needed a more like crystal clear example of our different approaches to pro wrestling and this show wasn't enough for you, wait until Fantasy Booking Warfare. It's honestly, it's so much fun. I didn't realize how seriously people would take <laughs> fantasy booking so wrestling storylines. We'll, we'll see. It might go the other way, but we'll find out. Anyway, this match was awesome. Gunther yeah. matches are always great. Gunther matches are always steal the show. He's a perfect wrestler. He's the best thing on Raw. This match was fan friggin' tastic. Mm-hmm. And this is how great this match was. This crowd were quiet at the start. And then they started to be like, oh, okay. And then they started to be like, oh, yeah. By the end of it, when they came back for that last portion of this from the ad break, crowd were going ballistic mm. for this. Because Gunther gets people into matches, and Bronson Reed gets people into matches. And they turned this crowd around. This crowd had been dead for like 45 minutes, and they woke them right back up. Credit to both of them. I thought they were fantastic in this segment. I think a lot of the time it's down to pacing. It's down to figuring out your show to to do those peaks and troughs, especially when the crowd's in there for like four or five hours. They've 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 got. I mean, and, and I will say credit this this. I think the reason that we've mentioned this crowd being quiet so often is that they've been really hot. Yeah, it's it's unlike this, this is this is rare. It is at the moment. very rare for a WWE show to have a crowd this quiet because yeah. it, it, like everyone is into everything. Yeah, so so um, credit to the, them for getting them back, and I think. Uh, this was a, th- a comment I had during Xavier Woods versus Ivar a couple of weeks ago. I think there's a lot of good wrestlers on this roster. Just let them go. Mm. Let them do their job well, and they'll get people in, you know. Anyway, uh, Gunther won. They built the whole match. Did he? <laughs> they built the whole match around Gunther being unable to powerbomb. Mm. And, like, there's no way he'll be able to powerbomb Bronson Reed. Yeah. Built the whole match around it. So Gunther won with a powerbomb. Proper muscled him up for a powerbomb as well. It's fantastic. Love mm. that finish. Great. Jackie interviewed The Miz, who was sort of about how, like, it's disrespectful that Adam Pierce has put me, you know, in the dead slot of hour three when I should be the opening segment of hour one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I get no, like, I get no, like Rodney Dangerfield, I'm getting no respect around here. And then he gets Baron Corbin. This is literally Baron Corbin's gimmick in NXT is that other people steal his promo time. Yeah. And so Nia Jax walks in, steals his promo time, and then Jackie says, we've got no time left. Yeah. I don't have anything. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I'm also not allowed to say anything, but you've got... I- hey, look, I think the Miz is really, really uh, talented. It was an entertaining little little segment, but I don't really have anything for it. It just kind of was. <laughs> it just you know what was. I mean? It was, it was The Miz delivered it well. Jackie delivered it well. I thought Nia Jax was interesting in, in the things she had to... In, in the way she was putting it across. I, I, I It was fine. Adam Pierce was on the phone, and this is where we got the announcement. Uh, he told Rhea Ripley... It's where he said, a pleasure doing business with you. Brand supremacy. Rhea Ripley walks in and he announces it's going to be a fatal five-way match for the title at Crown Jewel. May I cook? Oh, uh, uh, please do. Well, I won't cook. I, I just I don't <laughs> want to. I don't want to set myself up. But I have a lot of feelings about this. What, how do you feel about this? This ah. five-way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I thought it was going to be a fatal four-way. So uh, a fatal five-way. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't see that coming. I'm torn because on the one hand, I love everybody getting the shit opportunity to showcase their stuff. I like seeing that. And I and, and knowing a Triple H pay-per-view, this isn't going to be the same as the WrestleMania 33 debacle, right? Where we had all six women in a five-minute match or whatever. And that was just... the fans' fault. That was not WWE's fault. Uh, I would put it on both. No, it was the fans' fault. That was meant to be on the pre-show and get time. And then fans demanded that get put onto the main show. And then because it was on the main show, they only had five minutes of time a lot so, for it. So where, where I say it's both fault, it's it's... 
sure the fans wanted it on the main show so that men got less time. Uh, I, I do I do think that the women's championship should be on the main show. I think the pre-show element they, they deserve. I, I I see I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see both sides. For me, WWE's fault. And I, now we're on a two night WrestleMania. That was the solution, and that was a solution a long time ago. Yeah. Um, also, you know, it's it's statistical fact that more people watch the pre-shows for WrestleMania than actual WrestleMania. Is it? Well, yes, because it's broadcast for free. That's true. Uh, more, more, more people would have seen a longer match. Right, right. And there's, and there's a good argument to be made for that. Um, the other thing is they've all been scrapping with it. So basically what I mean by that, what I was going to say was that mm. there's going to be fewer matches. Ergo, this will get a, long, a more amount of time. So they're not going to have to shoehorn everything in very quickly. Uh, they'll all get a good entrance. They'll all get something in the match. That's quite interesting. Also, they've all been scrapping with each other for weeks now. So there is a consistency here in it making sense. That's my keyword of the week again. What I really like about this as well is that we, because when Nia Jax came in, she interrupted Rhea versus Raquel. And we're yeah. like, oh, that'll build to a really nice triple threat. And then Shane basically got involved. I was like, oh, that'll build to a really nice fatal four way. And now Zoe Stark's here to build to a fatal five way. Yeah. Like the incrementally adding someone else into this that Nia squashed in a previous match. Yes. Um. That said, I I. I want to be an equal opportunity uh, critiquer here, and I have I did call out um, the, the the grand tradition fatal four way that AEW likes to throw about. <laughs> They've got such a long history. Long history, the, the grand tradition fatal four way, uh, where it just feels like getting people on the card and moving on. Uh, this does not feel like that because they have had the consistency of building it, but it is also an example of like shoving them all in so everyone get, like like we've we've made a joke out of it. The episode, everybody who was available was on the card, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so th- there's a part of me that is there like 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 this is good credit it where it's due more more individual moments please so i'm gonna keep i'm, I'm gonna choose to see that this is is more like the extreme rules 2017 five way do you remember that mm-hmm. with the, the universal title number one contender thing uh where we, it just was great like we, yeah. all, we all loved it i want i'm hoping that this is going to be more like that and i'm going to keep saying the word may young classic with the g1 format as many times as it takes because they're listening to other things on this show so they might as well yeah um yeah, that's even last and they watch our show <laughs> just i i think my point is i'd prefer them to get individual moments but i don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth and say that i think a, a long match with these five in it's going to present them all as pretty strong mm. you know and that and then and then we can get all of the individual matchups of these at some point in the future so uh, alpha academy were training and they were talking about uh, chad basically was like look i've still got my eyes on gunther but for the time being i think we should go for the tag titles and new day walked in and said hey talking about tag titles you must be talking about the new day everyone swiveled hips and Tazawa did a little dance uh i was enamored of this entire segment because the alpha academy were there number one Tazawa was making me laugh i loved all of it's like uh, denise posted like me when i think like what i think i look like at the gym and it's brock lesnar would think versus what i actually look like at the gym Tazawa, very funny um maxine was doing a class of her own she was teaching uh otis yoga which uh, like uh, the alpha academy is socialist everyone's on an even playing field i absolutely love it um and also, is this legitimately the first time that Alpha Academy and the New Day have wrestled each other? Apparently so. <laughs> great. Yeah. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Like, that match is going to be really good. I love this segment so much. Yeah. I love my Alpha Academy, and I love that Maxine's there too. And the last thing to talk about is Gunther was walking backstage to cause some dissension with Imperium, because Bit we can't go a, shot, uh, a show without that. Um, and it was a really weird segment as well. Gunther walks up and says to Ludwig Kaiser congratulations on beating johnny gargano vinci you did nothing and vinci said no i helped him win the match and gunther was like you need to do better ludwig and i was like were you not watching because that sounds like something that gunther would do yeah he would be watching the match 
This was as silly as the Xylee thing. Yeah, absolutely it was. Didn't make any sense. Nope. Whoever yeah. was the writer of those two segments, redraft it. Yeah. That was the show. Yeah. Um, we have no mod mother, so I will need to uh, put the poll up. So I will ask you, what did you think of this show? What would um, you be scoring this? I will be scoring this uh, a thumbs up for me. I really enjoyed it overall. I think that we've, as we pointed out, there's some, there's some levels here that were a bit bothersome, a bit irritating. However, uh, for the most part, I thought the show was just a really solid uh, entry as we build towards Crown Jewel, um, continuing with the various feuds, continuing uh, to, to build this Jey Uso storyline. Uh, and the, I think, crucially, it relies on the performances of all of them. Sami Zayn, Drew McIntyre, Jey Uso. In particular, I want to shout out for being a, a really very good here. Um, so it's a big thumbs up for me. Yeah, I thought it was a great episode of Raw. I mm. really, really enjoyed it. I loved, like a lot of the wrestling on the show was very, very good. Mm. Uh, the Dead Crowd did detract for like a 45 minute period. And actually the, the the show itself kind of had a bit of a lousy 45 minute period. But everything either side of it was superb. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't detract at all for me from my enjoyment of the show. I thought yeah. it was a really, really good show. I'm with you. Um, let's shout out our wonderful pledge hammers on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk to get involved. Scroll just behind the microphone there. Tomorrow, we will be having WrestleTalk after dark. And it's a bit of a doozy. It's a long one. It's like two hours of an episode. And it's a lot of fun. And I, I'm really looking forward to everyone hearing that. And then next week, it's myself and Oliver Davids reviewing Halloween Havoc 1997. And let me tell you, I was watching Halloween Havoc 1997. And they cut to a backstage area where Mark Madden was interviewing Disco Inferno. And I paused and I was like, I'm seeing double here. Four bellends. <laughs> <laughs> I literally took a photo of it and sent it to Tempest. Yeah. And I was like, with that. And he was like, oh, I cannot even imagine what that sounds like. I was Jesus. like, it is so much worse than you think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but if you are one of our $25 or above Patreon pledge hammers, you get your name read out on this show like these fine folk. Tony Jabroni. TrevDog316. Commentator of the century, Vince Phillips. Vito Ventura. Pet Detective. Willie. Willie Big E Singleton. The Lumberjack. XXLogsXX. Leader of the Brass, NJ Hornsberg. Enter Sam Man, Sam Register. Rue the Day, Rari O'Brien Kelly. The Hurricane, Gregory Helm. Thank you all so much to our wonderful $25 backers, and thank you all so much for joining us today. We're going to uh, say last call now for your uh, alpha chats. Please do get them in. Restalk.com forward slash support. And Kevin is kicking us off here to say, WWE, could you please stop putting dissension in Imperium? I don't get why they tried to make Vinci look like an idiot and the weak link in the group. Other than that, good show. Interested in what we'll get from this Judgment Day Bloodline Alliance. I think what they're going for is the idea of constant demand from the ring general to be at your best self but it doesn't work it's not coming across that way they need to redraft it yeah gabriel reyes says one critique i have with raw you could just have to be good yeah that's the thing too good option gabriel reyes said one critique i have with raw was almost every segment ending 
with the heel standing tall. As someone who enjoys a mix, it soured me a little on the show. Kaiser going over Gargano in his first match back in months was an egregious example of this. Mm. Uh, Moose says, I didn't want Shinsuke, Finn or AJ to win, but now I really want Drew to win. I think he's exactly what the title needs. His interactions with the rest of the roster and his own insecurities is reminiscent of very early day tribal chief in terms of character work. I think he feels more involved with the others in a way that Seth isn't. So it would be a really interesting thing to put the title on him. Uh, also, you reign would start and end in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Interesting yeah. uh, uh, wrinkle. Um, and that would put the world title in a position to be a part of this J uh, storyline in a yeah. way that Seth hasn't kind of got, really. Charles Berg said, still watching Raw, about to watch the big meaty men slapping meat match for the IC title. Here's a question. What's the worst faction in terms of success? I think it's between retri- I think it's between Retribution and the Social Outcast. Two top-tier awful factions. Are we all forgetting the union? <laughs> the union of people you want to respect, son. Yeah. Uh, yeah, got that. Well, you know, that was a five minute. They might have had the hardcore title at one point, so maybe. Oh, probably. Yeah. Did they have? They hadn't had tie titles at any point. They had a lot of two by fours. They did. <laughs> that they did. Uh, Taylor Penser here says a JD love triangle. I'm here for it. Rhea's been disappointed in Dom's performance, so she has her eyes on Drew. She just wants to slide into another DM, so to speak. <laughs> Bring back the eyeliner. Can't wait for Drew McIntyre to become Drew Goth attire. Uh, I don't want Drew to be in the Judgment Day, but I, I, I really enjoyed that sliding into another DM. And Nathan here said, is Kevin Patrick better or worse than 2010 Michael Cole? No, no one is worse than 2010 Michael Cole. <laughs> is that heel run Michael Cole? Heel run Michael Cole. Yeah, yeah, fair Cole enough. The dreadful dreadful nathan continues he doesn't do it for me and he feels like white noise (laughs) that i really don't care to listen to which i think is the worst trait for a commentator there is only one kevin who's a king on commentary McAllister. yeah oh of course yeah uh look i will fly this flag ain't no one worse than 2010 michael cole right it was the drizzling worst of commentary Uh, mike adamley would would uh, give you a run for his money mike adamley also had a health condition did he yeah, he's got like he's got like it's not quite Alzheimer's, but it's more or less long. Oh, as well. that's why he was really bad with his words. Oh, well, then I'll I'll change my opinion on that one. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, right. Yeah, a very very unfortunate, very uh, sad news because yeah. we all had a good you know a lot of fun with good his chuckles. Jeff Harvey and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, it turns out this is where I found in, out incredibly unwell. Yeah. Uh, quote the Raven seventy nine says, "You mean Becky had a stare down with Jade in the Raw review, right? I loved the get in line moments of Jade. Have her earn it, Becky. Also, why is Rhea in charge of keeping the women's division in line? Isn't that Adam Pearce's job? Did you read that they were going to do? Uh, there, were, uh, there was a story that they were going to potentially look at the idea of having Mickey James be part of this GM thing, uh, have co GMs. And now I, I don't know whether or not that would be like Mickey James would be the GM of Raw and and." Oldest was the GM of SmackDown, or they'd both be involved with the GMs. Kind of intrigued by the idea of Mickey James being the GM of a women's division. Like, mm. you know, her, it's her responsibility to. That was that was an interesting news report I read the other week. I'm not sure if that's honestly uh, at me for saying Becky had a stare down with Jade in the Raw review, like my my edited review. I can't remember what I said because she obviously had the stare down with Rhea as well. Maybe you said she had a stare down with Charlotte. I don't know. I don't. Know. Either way, she did have a stare down with Becky on Raw. Um. Oh, I might have said I might have said she had a stare down with Rhea. I can't remember now. Uh, Blake Whitehouse said, Since Stephen Larson have declared war on WrestleTalk, might I suggest going in Raw versus WrestleTalk, full gear and Survivor Series predictions. Just some silly fun between my two favorite YouTube channels before the December slow season. Not for this. <laughs> 
uh, said, uh, Dan said, Luke, you've got a lot of nerve questioning the ref in Raw in your edited review. Maybe you preferred guest refs, perhaps uh, Nina Samuels or Michael Oku. Well, we'll certainly see this coming Saturday. Fantasy Booking Warfare. It's me versus Dan in the opening rounds. And our topic du jour. What was it again? Triple H's retirement. It was Triple H's retirement. What was it again? I can't. Was... I agonized over that for weeks. It's Triple H's retirement. Yes, is the, is the topic this week. Um, also, I don't think I've got a lot of questioning the refs. The refs were like out of position for a lot of those things. Uh, Mister Radicus Finch says, "Howdy, love the podcast. You studs recap Raw for an hour, so I don't have to watch it for three. It's more an hour." At this point. <laughs> Thank you. Question for Dan: Have you seen the show Our Flag Means Death? You and Sullivan <gasps> remind me of the characters Lucius and Steed Bonnet. Uh, so I have to. I have to. Have I got time to talk a second about Our Flag Means Death and specifically this comment? I'll be very quick because yeah, I know we are running long. We are running long. Um, I haven't seen it. I, I'm excited to see it at some point. I know it comes very highly regarded. The character, the man who plays Lucius is, uh, I call him my arch nemesis, or rather I'm his arch nemesis. And the reason for this is, is Nathan Fode, who's an incredibly funny, very talented uh, performer. Um, a few years ago, uh, we get, I get this a lot, I think because we have a very similar energy. Um, and he had someone uh, say this to him, uh, that like, oh, or, or rather, someone quote tweeted me and me like, you l- remind me of this person. And he went off about how irritating it is when someone is compared to someone else who's like, just because they're both gay or whatever. And it was like, ooh, um, uh, you, you've misjudged this. So now I, I get this all the time. And every time I think about it, I remember how much it pissed him. I, th- I take it as a massive compliment because he's very talented. But uh, he, he did not like being compared to me. <laughs> so... <laughs> Very funny. Um, we are the ones has become a brand new member. And Umtras here says, "Holy wrestling talk! Hello again, wrestle talk. It's good to be catching you alive again. Missed you, lads. Very big, big jump for a joy superstar. Bing, Bing, Wahoo, Mario Kart 2009 HD on VHS and DVD. Please do not pirating." Okay. Um, I mean, we're all very excited for the uh, the 30th anniversary 4K restoration release of the Super Mario Brothers movie. All be, of us uh, to be released next year which is not the 30th anniversary anymore. But uh, still, it's a very cool-looking uh, collection. Mm. It is also 150 US, uh, Australian dollars. Wow. Which I think is about 70 quid. We even said 70 pounds. 50p. It's a lot. Uh, thank you very much to Dematic for your donation. There's not really much of an answer to your question. And Stephen Costa, who's been a member for 17 months in a row, says, Lads! Starbucks Stephen Costa will be coming to the watch party and I will see you there and we will see you there and I cannot wait. Will you be bringing Starbucks? And if so, I'll put my order in. And Chris Deason lastly here said, really hope they run Bronson and Gunther at least one more time. It was absolutely incredible. Gunther is insane. And while I've been a tad bored of some of Bronson matches lately, he stepped up massively last night. Much love to you all. Well, uh, let's end the poll. And I've got to be honest, I'm slightly surprised at this, Dan. Go ahead. 70% thumbs up. Uh-huh. I thought that was going to be way higher. What's the mid like? 26. I think this is the thing. I think some people are not like... I think there's a bit of judgment burnout from the, the chats we've had. I think some people aren't happy to give it a full thumbs up. Maybe they're more sort of here. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? What's the negative? Um, 3%. I think that's where you're at. That's where you're looking, personally. You could, well, but yeah, because I, we I think I think I would say that's a win for the positives. And it is a win for the positives, but like when I look at okay, if I'm gonna, I, people hate it when I do this. When I compare it to like dynamite and collision yeah. and stuff, like those are usually much higher 
thumbs up percentages. And actually, some episodes we've done of Raw over the last few weeks have been much higher thumbs up percentages over the Thumbs in the Middle shows for shows that were just broadly fine. Mm. But I thought this was genuinely a genuinely really, good. really good episode of Raw. Mm. So yeah, I thought that's, that's quite interesting. But yeah, 70% gave this a thumbs up. But we will see you on Thursday for the AEW Dynamite Review. Myself and Ollie Davis returning to the seats to give our thoughts on that show in full. Please do press the subscribe button. This is your first time here. Give us a little thumbs up and leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode of Raw. And get your tickets to our Crown Jewel Watch Party where we're going to be raising money for charity with a big old raffle with prizes to be won and fun to be had. Uh, the click link in the video description down below. All the ones being posted by our wonderful moderators. Did you mean to do a, a funhouse joke? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> we'll see you then. I've been Luke Owen, DAD. That has been Dan the Truth, the Professor Dan Layton. You're Jam That Champion, but not for long. <laughs> jam That Jam. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.